Welcome back to the Wachusett Wine and Spirits podcast, the podcast where if you like what we have to say but don't think we're much to look at, this is your option. Now, this episode here is a little bittersweet, much like last week's episode was. Uh, we talk about, you know, a little bit about Corey Levin. It's his last Whiskey Wednesday with us here at Wachusett Wine and Spirits. And as much as we wish him well and are happy for him, to be growing and moving on to a new endeavor, uh, it is a little bittersweet and a little, a little sad uh, for us as a store and for me personally, uh, as you know, he's become a, a great member of the team and a good friend on a personal level. But enough sappy stuff there. So on this episode, as Corey is going out, we're talking about some whiskeys that are coming back in, some things that we used to have on the shelf, and then we kind of let go away for a little bit, and now we're we're revisiting them and bringing them back in and remembering why we brought them in in the first place, because they're just very good. Uh, and those are the Heaven's Door whiskeys, which is the Bob Dylan collaboration. Uh, and we also taste through the Wiseman, which is sort of the everyday bottlings by the same people that bring you Kentucky Owl, uh, that bourbon that we had for a while, and then we kind of let go. Now we've brought it back, and they have a rye that they've put out too. So the the rye was surprisingly very very good. Uh, you guys can can hear that, and when you you get to it, and uh, and then it's sort of a special going away treat. I pop a bottle of Knob Creek Twelve Year for Corey, and we do a tasting of that and a, a review of that as well. And then if you guys stick around till the end of the podcast, we're joined by Matt, our beer manager, and we give you guys kind of a glimpse into what it is that we do every Wednesday after we go off the air off of Facebook, and that is we taste through beer samples and RTD samples and kind of go yay or nay, or some things are already in the store and we're kind of figuring out, you know, where to put them. There's a lot that goes into how a product gets presented to us, how it gets into the store, where it gets placed in the store. There's a lot of lot of things that happen there, a lot of moving parts. So just like to give you guys kind of a, a glimpse into that. And there are certain things that we taste that we just don't like and, and we're honest about it. So you get to hear a sense of that as well. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, if you're digging what we're doing here, go to the podcast page on, on Spotify, follow the podcast, give it a rating, share it with other people that you think We'll be into this sort of thing. Um, follow us on Facebook where we're posting things that are going on in the store, new products. Uh, you know, if there's a, a snowstorm or a holiday or a change in hours for whatever reason, we post them up there on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram where Matt is always putting up, you know, new specialty beers. And if you want a complete list of the new specialty beers each week, Go to the Untapped app. It's a great app. Um, follow us as a venue, and you will get the updated beer menu every week. And we probably have 30 new beers that come in every single week. So it's the best way to stay posted on what's going on uh, in the world of beer with us. Anything else, if you have questions, a show idea, if you want to come by and uh, join us for a show, email me, rich at whatchusettliquors.com. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.
right, we're about to go live. Lots of whiskeys, lots of announcements. Some RTDs to drink later. Sure. We're going out in style on this one. Are we live? Now. Awesome. Yeah, this is kind of it. This is it. <clears throat> well, I am your next one. Oh, what? next Wednesday's Cinco de Mayo, too. And I don't even know if I'll be here, depending on how my yeah. day goes next Tuesday. Let me go back. For, oh, yeah. Yep. I totally forgot about for that. The, the optical. So, yeah, this, this could be it for mm. a little bit. Actually, I was saying about shutting down Whiskey Wednesday for a little bit anyways. Focus on some tequilas and some gins going into the summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Definitely. what happens. Uh, see if we can get Mike to pony up for a new camera so we don't look like we're shot. And, uh, <laughs> Three megapixels. On a camcorder from 1984. <laughs> like my grandmother's home videos. <laughs> At least we're not unreal to real. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. um, welcome, guys. Whiskey Wednesday. Spirits Guide coming to you guys live here at Watch You Wine and Spirits out in West Boylston. Corey in the house for the last that's Whiskey Wednesday before he moves on. Bittersweet. Bittersweet for sure. It's hard to believe. We've been shooting video over a year now. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. We're almost at two year mark. Almost. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it. COVID was two years and then it wasn't long after that yeah that you came in and it's been a, a good run we tasted a lot of stuff yeah we sure did any whiskeys that stand out for you oh there's too many to name <laughs> i mean obviously all our store picks was probably like my best experience it was fun to see that process and the difference between barrels and how one barrel next to the other can taste completely different. Mm -hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Redwood Empire, Lost Monarch. Yeah. I mean, that's always going to have a special, special place in my heart for sure. And who knew that all this stuff would pay off for you yep. in the end? So, yeah, it's yeah. pretty Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're going to taste through some, some whiskeys. Uh, Corey's on his way out. We're kind of getting revisited. Heaven's Door was something we carried for a while. We didn't carry. Now back in the store, so we're going to revisit it, retaste it. Uh, the Wiseman, which we had the bourbon for a while. We were out. Didn't carry it for a little bit. Now it's back in, and it's back in with its counterpart, which is the Wiseman Rye, which is the new release. I need a special bottle to finish up with. At the end of that, but I want to start out by dropping some knowledge on you guys out there. I just got info today in Whiskey Drinkers, uh, talking to you, Jason, Sean, Peter Thomas, uh, people who have brought me samples of this whiskey in the past. Starlight Whiskey is coming to Mass. Uh, should be here next week. And oh, by the way... Starlight has a barrel program, and we're going to get to do a barrel pick from Starlight. And I'm pushing for us to be the first store in the marketplace to do it. 
uh, we will definitely be one of the first two or three stores uh, out there that will have a barrel perk from Starlight. Awesome. Great, great story there. Uh, distillery in Indiana that's been around since the late 1800s. Their whole farm, orchards, so they grow all their own fruits and they've been making brandies forever. And so they had enough money in the bank where they could just start making their own whiskey, not have to source it and put out their own juice at a pretty affordable price. Uh, I've tasted a couple of the, the store picks with Peter, uh, and they're pretty fantastic. So, yeah, big, big news. I don't know if anybody's even announced that yet, but I, I told my sales rep this morning that I'm going live with that info today, Yeah. even though they're not even announcing it until next week. Uh, they're actually meeting with them tomorrow for the final discussions. But, yeah, there it is. It's coming. Starlight Distillery coming to Mass next week. So, oh my goodness. All right. So I had notes on all this stuff. Let's see if I can remember it. Uh, well, we'll just kind of go free out. We'll start with, you want to start with Heaven's Door or with the Wiseman? Let's say we go to the Wiseman. Yeah, probably the Wiseman. All right. So the Wiseman. This is funny story. <laughs> uh, the Wiseman is owned by Kentucky Owl. Well, actually, they're owned by Stoli. And Kentucky Owl is one of those consistently specialty releases. We've got their $300 bottles behind the counter. And then this is sort of their everyday entry into the market by their new master blender. So if I remember correctly... This is a blend of four and a half, five and a half, and eight and a half year bourbon. I half expect Peter Thomas to chime in at any moment with a whole list of information per his usual the book of life self. <laughs> um, so there being... Contract distilled at Bardstown Bourbon Company. So basically, this is the mash bill we want. Bardstown Bourbon Company is making whiskey to their specs, um, which is not unheard of. Other people do it. You know, sometimes you, they'll go to like an MGP and buy stuff that's already made. Yeah. But sometimes they have a spec in mind of how they want it made. And that's what these guys are doing here. Don't remember the mash bill because it's a blend of different things. No age statement. I don't really care about that. You know, there is some eight-year whiskey in there, mm -hmm. but it's probably predominantly younger whiskey. Yeah, blend of four-year, five-and-a-half, and, and eight-and-a-half. Mm It's everything you want bourbon to be. Yeah. Soft, sweet. Yeah, that's good. Cherry, mm -hmm. citrus. Not a big oak presence. Nope. Very sweet. Yeah. Really easy to drink. Cool looking package. I like yeah. the name too. Yep. And they are down with, they have Barstool brand. I feel like they talk about them on Barstool. I also talk about him a lot with uh, Greg Hill. 
another radio DJ. I don't know if they do. It's Barstool. I think Barstool does not. Could be. Could be. But I know there's a lot of... Or Whistlepig, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They do Whistlepig. But there's a ton of advertising and all over the place, so... How long have... Has the Wiseman been around for? Uh, that launched, I want to say the beginning of last year, the bourbon came out. Yeah. Because I think Kentucky Owl's been around like uh, six or seven years. Again, lost without my notes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this came out, and then this was a top 20 whiskey last year yep, on Advocates that. Top 20. I think it was 17, maybe. All right. I'm really curious about this one. And just kind of reading the back to reminisce a little bit about what my notes were saying. Because we've got two different ryes here. I'm trying to remember the facts on both of them. He's in the office. Hmm? He's in the office. Yeah, they're in the office. Want to grab Sure. It's a notebook. much silence all right so this is Wiseman Rye this just came out very very recently and I don't even need to look at my notes on this one to 95.5 mash bill which when you see that first thing you think of is MGP mm -hmm. it's not MGP Made in Kentucky. I believe it's Bardstown Bourbon Company again making it for them. But a 95.5 Kentucky rye based on that MGP recipe. There's no age statement on the bottle. But because it's a straight rye and it doesn't say anywhere anything about age, it means it's going to be a minimum of four years. Yeah, nice rye spice on the nose. Uh, same price, they're line priced with each other. Higher proof point on this, too. I believe the bourbon is, yeah, 90.8 on the bourbon. But on the rye, we're at 100.8. So 100 proof, at least four years, 95.5 rye. Yeah, and big it's, rye. Yeah. Got all that rye spice in the nose. Doesn't have any of that sort of dill. I got something weird in my glass. <laughs> that is unacceptable. It's probably the uh, the top of the. Yeah, probably. It's all right. We've got more. Yeah, big, big nose on that. Yeah, it's a rye. Yeah, sweet. It is sweet. 
caramel, honey, spicy. Mm -hmm. A little bit of burn on the tongue, but nothing too crazy. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, if you're a rye fan, that's well worth the money. I think that's... I gotta be honest, I like the rye infinitely better than I like the yeah. bourbon. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, that's... That's really tasty. It has, like, that nose where it's gonna be big and spicy, and it is, but it's still, like, the sweetness from the caramel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I said, it's not MGP. It doesn't have that... What some people pick up is like dill. It doesn't have that green note. Mm -hmm. And I don't get the typical like spearmint that I usually get on the finish from mm -hmm. that MGP rye. But I definitely get a little bit of kind of cocoa in there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're both good, but that rye, that is the winner of that pairing there. So we're going to step these aside. By the way, uh, since we're doing shout-outs, we did the shout-out for 420 last week. Brown rice up the street. And again, Phenomenal. we have no tie-in to them. But we were there for dinner last night. Man, the food is great. The service is great. Yeah, that guy's awesome. The restaurant is super clean. The bathrooms are clean, which is the way you judge really any restaurant. So, just kind of want to do a shout-out there. So, Heaven's Door. Talk a little bit about the brand. These just came in. These are what they call the Trilogy Packs. These are right around 50 bucks, which I think is a great price to get to try. Absolutely. Three amazing whiskeys. If you guys aren't familiar with Heaven's Door, what the concept is, what the brand is, this is a sort of partnership with Bob Dylan. Obviously, artist... Yeah, hence the name Heaven's Door from the song Knocking on Heaven's Door. And Bob Dylan's got this sort of philosophy of doors can open up to the world. Mm -hmm. And when the world is bad, doors will close you off and protect you. So they kind of work whether you're opening up or, or keeping things in. And what's cool about all these bottles, and I didn't know this until this brand came out, they're adorable. Right. I don't know why they look cuter outside of the box than they do inside the box. But. By the way, Father's Day is on the way. What a great, great gift this is. And it's got descriptions of all the whiskeys on the back. Very cool stuff. Uh, yeah, Bob Dylan is an artist, obviously as a musician, but he's also a sculptor. And so these bottles are all designs of gates that he has made with iron. Hmm. So they're all literally based on designs that he has sculpted with iron and welded together. Interesting. So there's a, a very sort of personal... Oh, they're all different. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, each one is different. So we have the straight bourbon. Then we have the double barrel, which I'm told is the one that Bob Dylan actually drinks himself. That's his personal blend. Uh, and then the rye, which is truly, truly special. I'm going to make sure I get my notes correct here. 
not a lot of info out there, but the bourbon is an eight-year bourbon um, in a quirky mash bill of 70 corn, uh, 25 rye, 5% barley. So kind of a high rye, uh, but kind of low corn typically from, usually we see 72, 75 corn. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> It'd be fun to revisit these. I haven't tried these since they first hit the market. believe this is distilled in Tennessee. Okay. In fact, I know it's distilled in Tennessee, but it's not Dickel because Dickel's smash bill, yeah. we kind of notoriously know is that 84, eight and eight. So I was trying to do some research online to see where it comes from because there's not a ton of distilleries, comparatively speaking, in Tennessee. We know it's not Dickel. Um, I know it's not Chattanooga because they're not old enough. Uh, there was another one that somebody listed, but it was only like seven years old. And this whiskey's eight years old. So it's, you know, and this is in national distribution. So it would have to be a distillery that had a lot of product for them to bottle it yeah. and put it out nationally and still have some for themselves too. So. Pritchard's seems to be the one that it looks like it comes from, which you don't see much yeah. up here. Great nose on that. What's proof on this? Uh, good question. I want to say... 60, did I say 67%? No, can't be 67. Uh, oh, it's 40, uh, 92 proof. 92 proof. I was going to say. No. I always hate the sort of the obvious uh, aged New American oak. Eh, that's what it's got to be to call bourbon. So <laughs> I believe by calling it bourbon, you're assuming that that is the case. Yeah. We age our whiskey in wood barrels. Still can't get over that guy a couple weeks ago telling me they source all their tequila from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, genius. <laughs> and I hope, I hope by some chance he's out there watching. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. A little toasty oak in there. Mm. But I will say that, and in, I, we talk about it all the time. When we talk about like whiskey drinkers, you know, when talks of like the American single malt and some of the blends. Like, if you're a bourbon drinker and that's it, you know what you like, you stay in your lane. This probably isn't for you. Like, no. it, it's not stereotypical Kentucky bourbon. It's not a cherry bomb. It's not caramel vanilla. Mm -hmm. I find it's got. It's almost like a like a circus peanuts mm -hmm. kind of thing going on there. Yeah it's, yeah, it's nutty for sure. Yeah. In a very cool way. Great body, a little bit of toastiness. Yeah, like circus peanuts. Those mm -hmm. weird, I don't know what those things are made out of, but man, when I was a kid, I was a sucker for those. <laughs> kind of have the texture of styrofoam. Yeah. It's like packing peanuts with sugar and food coloring put in them. But <laughs> That's awesome. what stuff makes yep. them so. Yep. 
Now I want to go grab some circus peanuts if I can find them. <laughs> All right. Number two in this trilogy pack is the Heaven's Door Double Barrel. In this, again, from what I'm told, this is Bob Dylan's hands-on personal blend. Um, he doesn't do a lot of promotion. You don't see him like out advertising or anything like that. And I think the one thing he really gets out of owning this company is all the whiskey he can drink. Yeah. Um, so this actually goes through what's called the Lincoln County process. So Tennessee whiskeys, to be called Tennessee whiskey, have to go through what's called the Lincoln County process, uh, which is when the whiskey is made before it goes to the barrel. It has to get filtered through maple charcoal. Okay. So like Jack Daniels is famous for having their own yeah. maple charcoal. Like they cut down the maple trees, they make the charcoal, and basically you run it over the charcoal and it just drips down and it takes like a day to drip a barrel of whiskey through. So these are all Lincoln County process. It is a blend of two bourbons and one rye. So each of the three whiskeys are individually aged in barrels. After six years, the barrels are dumped, blended, and then rebarreled okay. in a heavy char, what's called an alligator char barrel. So hence the double barrel. But the initial aging of six years, all three whiskeys in this blend are individually aged before they're blended. And this one is 100 proof. And I think part of the problem when these first came out is that Four years ago, they were like 50 bucks on the shelf. And it was a weird price point. Mm. But now, all the other whiskeys have come up. These are still in that same exact price point. You know, it's... Yeah. They might have been the first ones to hit 50, but everybody else is 50 and above now. And it's kind of why we chose to bring them back in. I never doubted the quality of them, but... Yeah, it's a tough sell. I mean, if... All the other ones were lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why we had to raise the price on the, the whiskey bracket challenge yep. up to 42 because that became kind of the, the barometer for whiskey. I like this a lot. Mm -hmm. Great nose. A little bit of vanilla, a little bit of spice. It's kind of like a Lost Monarch. I just yep. feel like it's a little bit bigger, a little bit more elegant, because it's older yeah. than than a lot of some of the whiskeys in the Lost Monarch. So you're getting a little bit more age to it. But man. Yeah, that's awesome. That is killer. Yeah, I'm going to wait to throw the three-tiered rating system on these till the end, but... Pretty good so far. Man. Now this one is probably the most interesting one in the bunch. And again, if you're just a bourbon drinker, then I get it. 
But if you like that adventure, and if you like rye, this is special. So, this is a seven-year-aged rye. 95.5, but this one actually is MGP. Okay. So, after seven years, and I don't know... I mean, we've tasted a lot of whiskey in the last year and a half. How many seven-year ryes? You don't see that. I don't feel like we've tasted anything, really, that had an age statement for a rye. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So then what they do is they finish it in French oak. And I don't know how to pronounce it. Um... I thought it was pronounced Vosage, and then I looked at it today and thought that that sounded stupid. Um, but what it is, is it's a French oak from a very specific area of France. And they toast the oak, which we see with, like, Michter's Toasted and Elijah Craig Toasted. But instead of being a traditional kind of squat barrel, it's a cigar-shaped barrel. Oh, yep. So it's a, a tube, almost, a wooden tube that's toasted. So it allows for more surface contact with the liquid, and it just gives it a different flavor. And you can smell that MGP rye underneath that oak. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've had this one in the past, but... Is this the same one as, like, the pepper one? Or this is... No. No. This one we've had behind the register for a while, too. I don't know how to describe that wood influence, but that is one of the tastiest ryes mm. I think I've ever had. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Mm. Wow. Because you're getting that French oak, but it's toasted French oak. It's like a weird, like, I can think of it as like, like Nestle's quick, like the powder, like yeah. that sort of powdered chocolate. Baker's chocolate, like, it's got then big spice. Like toasted marshmallow almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like borderline burnt marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a s'more mm -hmm. that has spice in it. Because there is a little bit of cocoa. There's definitely some marshmallow. It's almost like a little bit of graham cracker in there. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of put it out there. Like, this trilogy pack to me, again, Father's Day coming up birthdays whatever it's a great gift idea and typically on the shelf like this is right around 50 this is right around 50 that's right around 80 and you get to try all three of them for right around 50 bucks yeah uh for great packaging great story it's connected to dylan like i kind of want to go home and put some dylan on sit out on the porch and, and sip on these i think in the three-tiered rating system are they good Mm -hmm. Across the board, all three of them are fantastic. Um, are they worth the money? I think in today's economy... I was surprised when I saw the pricing on this. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Especially for a three-pack of, yeah. of those. Um, but even the, the 750s, which I probably didn't think they were worth 50 bucks four years ago. Yeah. But in a world where everything has gone up in price... I think they're right where they're supposed to be right now. In fact, I think 
if they had gone like everything else, it'd be sixty bucks right now. So, yep, literally. So the fact that they're still holding at that price, I think, is spot on. Um, and do those bottles look good on your bar? Yeah. yeah. Do they sound a conversation? Yeah. They tell a story of Bob Dylan's artwork. Um, this is a guy who was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize and kind of went, yeah, I'm not going to go get that. <laughs> I think that's garbage. And wrote some of the most iconic songs yeah. in the history of music. Um, in fact, the book I'm reading now is about Reuben Hurricane Carter, who was, you know, wrongly imprisoned for years. And Bob Dylan wrote Hurricane, which is... About him? Yeah. Which is just a one of the most phenomenal songs ever, as far as storytelling goes. Um, so, yeah. Now, since it's your last Whiskey Wednesday, I figured I would crack one more bottle up our game to kind of finish out. We're going to pop Knob Creek 12. Okay. Why not? Why not? Well, we're going to try to, if we can get this wax off the top. There we go. Now, in full disclosure, I have never had this. Okay. But it's Knob Creek. What we know is it's part of the small batch collection from Jim Beam with Basil Hayden, Bookers, and Bakers. Bottled at 100 proof. Aged for 12 years. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. This is more for us than it is for you, but... I guess we'll give it a, an honest review as well because we still have a little bit of this left behind the counter. Oh, wow. That's a little bit bigger on the nose than I thought it was going to be, too. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely big. It's like big like caramel, but like... It's like a... I don't want to say nutty, but like... Reminds me of the fall when there's like a ton of acorns on the ground, like okay, that yeah. kind of that kind of nutty smell. Chestnuts. You know, I've been looking at this one behind the counter for a long time. <laughs> now I'm disappointed that it took me this long to. I feel like this is a brand that kind of goes through waves. Like people get hot on Knob Creek, and then we don't see customers buying it, and it's not like it changes. It doesn't get... Is there worse. a reason behind the way it's kind of like wavy on the bottle? So I think... Is it the creek? Because, no, I, I think it's just that was the glass that they could get. Because okay. it was always in like a flat glass bottle. And then during like COVID, when we were having supply issues, and we couldn't get regular Knob Creek, then all of a sudden we could, when it came back in stock... The regular Knob Creek is like this, too. Hmm. So I don't know if that's an intentional packaging change or it's just something that's based on what they could get, yeah. what they could get their hands on. Because I know I, I talked to one distiller who was putting like their whiskey in wine bottles because those were the style bottles that they could get hmm. um, for a certain period of time. So, yeah, I don't know if that's necessity or if that's actually by design. 
All right. Cheers. Cheers, man. First thing I noticed when that hit my tongue is how thick yep. wow. that is. That's like oak flavored, because definitely 12 years of oak, Yeah, it shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not overpowering, though. No, but I know like like Jay, Jay's a huge, like he likes big oak bombs. Mm-hmm. That's that wheelhouse right there. It almost tastes like oak aged maple syrup like it's it's got that sort of thickness that richness a little bit of sweetness but the oak wow that's like a perfect balance i would say yeah yeah and i like it at the hundred proof mm-hmm. i don't know that i would want it any bigger than that yeah because i think it would just kind of overtake things but yeah that is that is delicious. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching, for being there, mm-hmm. uh, for your comments. Podcast listeners, stick around because we're going to do our usual Wednesday night thing and mm-hmm. taste through some new products and play a little yay or nay. Matthew, do we have any samples to taste? We do. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, podcast listeners, stick around. Let you guys get back to your day. Thank we'll you see guys. you in a couple of weeks. It was a pleasure. So good. Yeah, I don't believe that this has lasted on the shelf as long as it has. Um, in this cooler here is a Berkshire Jalapeno IPA. Single cut. That's supposed to be Kim? Oh, boy. Lone River Ranch Rita. Oh, God. Oh, boy. All right. So, I mean, this could get off the rails really, really quick because we've got to do as many as we want. <laughs> I feel like we should do the ranch Rita because I feel like at least we'll be able to just tear into that <laughs> and rip it apart. Oh, wow. Those the seltzers? Yeah, I put these on the cooler, so... Yeah, I think that's a good one to talk about. So they're in, and we kind of brought them in sight unseen. That right, was a well, yeah. that's awesome. I bought a twelve pack immediately after we. So you had these already, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Dos Equis. <laughs> I guess the funny thing is they're ranch water, which is tequila, hard seltzers, which is not tequila. <laughs> Has nothing to do with liquor. I feel like they're just sort of covering, they're blanketing. Yeah. yeah. It's 
surprised I don't put like margarita on there. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. How many buzzwords can we put yeah. on a can? That way, there we can be in three spots inside the store. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that was my thought. It's like they're clean. They're good. Yeah. There, there's nothing that makes me go like, oh Jesus, I, I can't wait to buy another twelve pack. But they're not bad. No. There's a, like a little bit of like a fake tequila. I guess agave yeah. would be the flavor. So. I'll be honest. I almost like them better drinking them at room temperature oh God. than chill. <laughs> yeah. That... They didn't screw it up. No. Like, as we've seen a lot of yeah. hard seltzer brands do. Yeah. They didn't pull a Wachusett on them. <laughs> And mess them up and then reformulate and mess that up. They're... So that was the blood orange. This is the mango? Mango, yeah. They also... They do uh, spicy grapefruit? I think so. I think it's spicy grapefruit and then lime. Okay. Um, And the spicy grapefruit, I don't like the fact that it says spicy because I feel like people get... Turned off. It's like, turned off. Like they don't how, know how spicy how is spicy it. How spicy is spicy? It's a good point. But I can tell you, it's not that spicy. It's. But this one smells like mango. mango yeah. It smells better. Mm-hmm. Blood orange doesn't have a lot of smell or flavor. Right. To it. Right. This one's good. This one is tasty. Yep. Well, they're already in. So. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're solid. The packaging is nice. It's yeah, it bright. stands out. Yeah. It's not just a white cardboard box. It's got some color mm-hmm. to it. Also, Keese is a brand name, so mm-hmm. it should be all right. I think with the whole Celtic category, though, like how many different variations of exactly mango, black cherry, lime. If we have the top ten sellers, why do we need twenty more? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Ranch water, water reader. Lone River. Lone River. This is the ranch water margarita hard seltzer. Apparently. <laughs> so. There's a lot going on <laughs> in that. Covering every base possible. So I am not I have no loyalties or dog in this fight, but to me, sugar. like it's sometimes when Diageo or Pernod or any of those companies get involved, it's a good thing, right? And sometimes they're just going like, "All right, this is what's hot. Let's create a brand. Let's give it a backstory. Yep, and try to capitalize." It doesn't smell like a margarita. Not really. It smells kind of limey. Big lime, yeah. Lime in a squirt bottle type of. It's, it's hazy, so maybe New England IPA they could drinkers. Put New England IPA. <laughs> you could put ranch water and margarita mm-hmm. and hard mm-hmm. seltzer and New England IPA. I. It, it's not terrible. It's not offensive, but. It reminds me of like Mike's Hard Limeade. Yeah. When yeah. that was out. It's definitely got like a limeade. It's got the, the aftertaste is kind of 
Five grams of sugar, yeah. It tastes, it tastes sweeter than like your normal hard seltzer. Yeah. It's not terrible. Yeah. But again, it's, it's ranch water that doesn't have any tequila in it. Exactly. I'm sure it'll do great in Southern California, Texas, and Florida. Mm hmm. In New England, where we have summer for about eight weeks, I don't know mm -hmm. how, mm -hmm. how well it's going to do. Yeah. Didn't Diageo buy Cabin Fever Maple Whiskey, thinking that because it was a phenomenon in New England, they could make it <laughs> yep. a phenomenon everywhere? Another guy who sold it to him, got it back <laughs> for a dollar. Nice. Smart. What? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because they realized that nobody in New Mexico cares about maple whiskey. <laughs> yeah, it's a very Shocker. New England thing. And I'm not sure that anybody in New England cares about ranch water. No. I'll see you. It'll be fun to see Memorial Day till 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Is there interest? Are people buying mm -hmm. it? Or is it, I can't find ranch water, I'll just grab hard seltzer. Because it's pretty much the same thing anyway. Yep. I, I think there's a, an extra level there, too, of, like, when you think of people who drink tequila or drink tequila in soda, what's the one thing they all frown on? Brands like Jose Cuervo, like, cheap <laughs> yes. tequila. Like, they don't want cheap tequila. We're seeing, like, we see the sales of Patron, Casamigos, yeah. Milagro, Espelon, like, higher-end premium tequilas. So people who like tequila and soda are not assuming that there's <laughs> Casamigos in this can. Right. They're assuming it's probably something more closely resembling Jose Cuervo or oh, Agavales or Luna Azul. Mm. Yep. I think that's where they kind of miss the whole yeah. tequila soda thing. Yeah. Is people are drinking it for a premium product. Yes. You know, it'd be like if they came out with a pre-made scotch and soda. Right. Nobody's assuming it's McAllen. <laughs> <laughs> And that's really why the RTD category has taken off the past couple of years. One is, well, COVID helped a lot, too. Mm. The average person doesn't know how to make a margarita, so if you get one mm. in a can, all the better. Yep. But for years, you know, the RTD category was sugar water in a plastic bottle. Yep. Bottom shelf uh, liquor yep. with sugar. Yep. And yep. the reason the RTDs have taken off now is it's top end. People, mm. That's what people want. They'll spend premium dollars if they can get a premium product. Yep. Yeah, I think that's why On the Rocks... Yep. was so big because not only was it made with premium product they put the name right on it right yep. on the bottle and that helps to sell it yeah you know and they you know cut water I think has the reputation of right they're proof appropriate for what their cocktails are you know it's not 5% across the board like mm -hmm. the Mai Tai is different and you know yeah. the, the mule is different I just have the the first year left so all right yeah, well, I feel like I have to do those somehow. It's a legit bar, Death & Co. Okay, that a, they're in New York City, right? Yep. Yeah. And they're using supposedly like a legit distillery. Uh, distillery. Okay. Not a mainstream legit distillery, like no, Woody, Creek. Woody Creek, which is... Fantastic. It's John L. Sass's product. Okay. 
but before we get there, oh, I actually love the nose. I haven't seen this in forever. Supposedly, it's a once a year release. I don't believe that for a second. I but... swear, last time I saw this, I was at my old job four years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the last time we had it, Val was our sales rep. Right. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. 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 She's been up a couple of times. That's true. I forget about the hippie there in the middle. Berkshire Jalapeno. There's no fire to There's it. There's no spice to it, but you still get jalapeno pepper mm -hmm. flavor. It's they do an excellent job. Yeah. Yeah, you get like the the fruit, the bitterness of a mm. jalapeno. There's no heat. That's what I was expecting, honestly. I swear last time I had it, it was like kind of a little heat in your mouth. Yeah, it's definitely like, a little okay, tamer. But I, I like it in that sometimes when there's too much heat, it becomes like a dare. Like right, a yeah, one yes. chip challenge. Like, oh, drink this beer, but you won't drink a four pack or buy it again. This, I think, if you like jalapenos, like, you'll drink a four pack of this. Oh, yeah. You bring in a case, maybe two. Get it in, get it out. It's quirky. Yep. It appeals to people. And it's still got a little bit of haziness and mm -hmm. juiciness to it's it. still an IPA. Yep. So even if you don't like jalapenos, you could probably still drink it on its own. If anything, it balances some of that juice, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty solid... Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The only one I ever saw do something like that, I mean, do you go back far enough to remember Ed's Cave Creek? Oh, Cave Creek Chili Beer, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> one had of the, the worst chili peppers ever made. <laughs> it had a chili pepper in it. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was... Clear glass bottle. To quote Steve Holloway, he used to call them shitty continental lagers. <laughs> But it literally had the, the glass bottle. You could see the chili pepper in it. So and, it was hot. Oh, yeah. It was a dare beer. Like, you'd buy it as a gag gift for somebody, yeah. and you'd drink one out of the six-pack and then wonder, what the hell am I going to do with the other five? <laughs> just like, cook with the rest of it. Kill garden grubs or something. <laughs> All right. Mr. John L. Sasser was nice enough to leave these samples Death & Co. RTDs. First thing I don't like right off the top, 200 ml cans. 200 ml. I feel like Andre the Giant holding this can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like Andre the Giant who could drink a case of beer in a day. Hair brandy. Aurora Highball. I... Way Creek Vodka, Pear Brandy, and Sake with green tea and mint. Wow. That's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I don't doubt that they're Oh, I feel like the sake kind of... Yeah, it's got I, a great I get, nose. I get everything yep. that you yeah. said. Like, yeah. I get the mint, I get the green tea, Every time pear I, vodka. At first I was like, ooh, the sake's over. Mm. Oh, no, mm. there's the mint, and then, oh, there's the pear. Yeah, it's like a bouquet coming out of there. Mm. 8%. It's pretty good. Yeah. Once again, you taste everything that's on the yep. label. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. I if that came in a twelve ounce can. Right. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Tastes like five gum to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's got a lot of flavor going on there. But if that was in a 12-ounce can, same price as cut water, yep. it would sell. The problem with that is, like, I would crack that can and... Oh, it'd be gone in five be two minutes. Sips. Yeah. yeah, it's like a pop-top nip. <laughs> point. And I almost wish there was a little bit more carbonation to it. Mm. Just a little more fizzy would be, yeah. would be nice. Because it almost took me until the second sip to realize that there was a little bit of carbonation there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it on the first sip. All right. Death & Co. Ranger Buck. Woody Creek Bourbon. Which, by the way, the Woody Creek stuff is awesome. I think I had you taste the rye. Um, with bitters, and ginger, and birch. Well, I don't, like, I always think of birch as just strictly a Massachusetts thing. Like, <laughs> birch beer. Yep. I always kind of figured it was just me and the people who own Polar. <laughs> like the only two entities that know what birch is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a beast. Wow. That's. Is this 8% as well? I think that's 11. 11, okay. Yeah, alright, that makes more sense. 11%. I don't know if I like it. No, I don't know. Like either. the nose. It is weird. Oh, it's almost like a. Like I get the birch. And it's almost like it melds into like some sort of cleaning solution. Yeah, I was thinking like toothpaste that you haven't used in ten years. Yeah, like pine <laughs> salt. Yeah, something chemically like mm. like floor cleaner mixed with toothpaste and pine salt. Hmm. No. Yep. It's a little too weird for me. Oh. Whew, that's a drain pour. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get us new glasses after that. That's <laughs> the uh, yeah, whatever. That's, that's not this. Ugh. Oh my god, <laughs> that right. is terrible. Batting 500 here. <laughs> yep. I'm actually curious about because I love the Bimini gin. I'm kind of hopeful that the people at Death and Company actually come across this podcast <laughs> at some point and they go like. Maybe we should fix that. Because that's not good. Right. But then it always goes back to, like, my joke about, like, Zima Gold. Or when Captain... When, do you go back to when Captain had their RTD? Oh, yeah. I think it was called Captain Morgan Gold. Yeah. Something that was awful. Um, for the worst product in the world... There is always one customer <laughs> who is still looking for it years later who swears it is the best thing that they have ever tasted. This one smells awesome. Somebody is going to think that that is the best thing they've ever tasted. I like <sighs> Moonsail Fizz. Bimini gin and liqueur with passion fruit, vanilla, and lime. Yeah, it smells like passion fruit. Yeah. Bimini's up in Maine? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, they're up in Maine. Okay. And they do some really cool stuff. They had that coconut gin that we carried for a while. Um, we just brought in their reserve gin, which yeah, is aged in brandy barrels, rum barrels, and bourbon barrels. Wow. 
Yeah. Oh, Cesar was having to try all the stuff mm. last week. Yeah. Passion fruit's nice. Yeah. I, don't know I feel like the vanilla the kind of is the wrench in there. Yeah, I feel like there's something like a driving spike that goes to the middle of that. Like the passion fruit part is good, but oh, there's something they, very weird in the I middle. I think if it they took moldy. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I feel like if they took the vanilla out, that would be perfect. I feel like the vanilla just like. I feel like this is the dialogue we keep having with RTDs and seltzers of like, let's come up with something really cute. Let's come up with something. Let's let's get really deep in this. You know, like mm-hmm. let's get very hipster. Like, what can we come up with that's so quirky? And it never works. Never lands. Bergamon margarita, like. <laughs> When you look at the market and see, we'd be the only person doing this <laughs> yeah. particular thing. That's not usually yeah. a good idea. Yeah. It's not because other people just haven't thought of it. Yeah. It's they've tried it, and it's a bad idea. Or there's a reason they haven't thought of it. Because they know it immediately. <laughs> who wants that? I don't know who this appeals to. Like, I can see it being at a fancy New York suit bar, and they're ordering it to be cool. <sighs> I, I, at the end of the day, you just order a drink. At that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. They're, they're, the world needs more bartenders who actually know what they're doing, but I, I would take a bad bartender over this. I would be hard-pressed to think that you would go to Death & Co., <laughs> and this is the cocktail you would get. Right, yeah. For a bar that has, like, a global reputation... And that's the issue, how many customers are going to come into our store and look for this. Yeah. Mm. No, and I, I think 200 mLs are the worst packaging for this product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. One for three. Yeah. <laughs> Over three for me. <laughs> yeah. And again, anybody who thinks like, oh, you guys have the greatest job, you get to drink all the time. No. Oh, yes. We <laughs> vet things out and drink so customers don't have to. Yep. <laughs> We're not drinking the top, the best stuff all the time. Mm-mm. Yeah. Although that B&B last night was... <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a college athlete who's great in college and then gets to the NFL and goes like, wait a minute. Everybody here is great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not playing Kutztown on Saturday. Like, no. yeah. Even the Cleveland Browns at their worst could every... still beat Alabama. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, I hate that narrative so much. Yep. Like, oh my god, Alabama would smoke them. No, no shot. No, no, no shot. No. They might score once. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. A field goal. Oh, yeah, those are awful. Yeah, uh. that's tough. Uh. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to clean my palate with <laughs> that. I saw the peach one back there. Those on the shelf. The Sugarlands? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Uh, the peach the peach ones aren't there unless they came in I swear Monday. I saw them in the back. So... Maybe not. We have two flavors. I don't remember. We're supposed to have three. Right. 
So Sugarlands, we'll finish it with that because I need something that I know is good. <laughs> the official moonshine cocktail of the Red Sox, which I think is funny as anything <laughs> that there's an official moonshine cocktail. Well, you should be drinking as much moonshine watching them this year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's early. That's what you were saying about the Celtics in the beginning of their season, yeah, too. I know, I know. Um, I, I did. But moonshine-based iced tea lemonade. Uh, Red Sox logo on the can. In yeah, other they, markets, they it doesn't it. have that, that packaging. They killed it's it with this packaging. Yeah. Baseball diamond. Looks uh, great. Tastes great. Available Polar Park and Fenway Park. Five percent, so you can yeah. drink these in the hot sun and not get headaches. They're all messed up. Mm -hmm. That's why when people like go to the Red Sox and order those like huge like lemonade vodkas, mm -hmm. I'm like, you're gonna feel like crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventh inning stretch, you're not getting up. No, <laughs> laid out, sweating. Whoever you're with, dragging you to get food or water. Yeah, I think this is solid. It's great. You like a half and half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Half and half and the right amount of carbonation, too, to keep it clean. Yep. I like those a lot. And you do, I like how it's like you get that tea influence. Mm -hmm. At the end, it's like that tea that you... Yeah, and it doesn't taste sweet. fake. Yeah, exactly. That's like what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, It's like real tea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, and the moonshines were. My God. That butter pecan <laughs> sipping the cream. The blueberry muffin one. <laughs> the blueberry muffin. And it's the, completely blue. The too. banana pudding that actually tastes like pudding. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, they're all back here. We'll 